Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. For the lead. Butker up. Got it. The Chiefs eight seconds away. Here we go. Hurts. As all day, now some rushers come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Here we go, Raider Nation. There we are. We've been out of the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio for about a week, so we got to get readjusted to figure out what buttons go where, what turns on what, what doesn't turn on what, what lowers the volume, what doesn't lower the volume. We got to get readjusted after a week in Phoenix, Arizona, but we are glad to be back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Demon Cotton behind the wheels of steel, and of course, your boy Q here with you for the next three hours, rocking with you up until. 5 p.m. coming off the heels of the JT The Brick Show, of course. That was following the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, and Vinny Bonsignor. So we got the Super Bowl 57 is in the books. Officially done deal records. Really good game. Didn't turn out the way that I was hoping it was going to turn out. I thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to win that game. I know Raider Nation was hoping Philadelphia would win that game, but very entertaining game. So now it is officially the offseason for every team across the league. And I'll just say this, man. We spent a whole week in Phoenix. We spent a whole week hustling, trying to get a bunch of different interviews, brought them to the table, and really had the grand finale on Friday where it felt like we played about 20 interviews when it was really probably about 14 or 15, whatever. It was a lot. So we really didn't get to – bring you a whole lot of the just kind of goings-ons that were there in Phoenix. And, you know, I want to start today's show just talking about the different adventures that we went through and the different places that we kind of checked out and became regulars at this place right across the street from the convention center called Marley's. Uh, that was kind of cool seeing the the people. Like I said, we became regulars. And, and I told DeMond this when we rolled in on Sunday night. I said, I'm a creature of habit. So once I find one place that I think is pretty decent – we're going to consistently go there. And he probably thought, okay, whatever. And then I think we were at Marley's on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday as well. I think Thursday and Friday we didn't check in there because we had a couple other things to do. But, I mean, it was just – it was a lot of foot traffic. It was a lot of Ubering. Uh, it was a lot of, you know, going – uh, by by heels of the GPS to figure out exactly where we were going, who we were going to meet up with. But uh, all in all, Demond, I think you would agree that we had a hell of an adventure there in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yes, it was. And to vouch for you about the Marleys, it was so convenient. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> you you left out of the convention center, and it was right there for me. Even with the GPS get, getting a little hacked throughout the week, I would just tell the Lyft driver, "Drop me." Like I would put Marleys into yeah, my destination yeah. because you know the convention center. Which spot of the convention center? But I knew Marleys. Right. lead me right to the drop-off spot. Yep, exactly. And so it was just, uh, it was really cool, like I said, to see everybody there walking around and uh, you seeing fans from different uh, fan bases really excited about the Super Bowl being there in Arizona. Now, it wasn't in Phoenix. It was in Glendale. But that's where we were, we were camped out, was in Phoenix all week long. Our Airbnb was probably maybe 10 minutes, 11 minutes away at, at the most. And I'll tell you, we had a fantastic Airbnb. I've stayed at Airbnbs a lot 
especially being on the road doing different different you know shows and stuff like that, and just kind of find it to be a cheaper way than renting some uh, NFL hotels that are outrageous, $400, $500 a night for some. I uh, don't want to do that. So the, the Airbnb we had, a uh, nice three-bedroom spot, but it really demand, held about, what, eight? <laughs> I, think, I think at one time, we, I mean, we were packed to the gills at one point in that place, but that was a hell of an Airbnb. You mentioned it had a, what, a lemon tree in the front or, or an orange tree in the back or whatever, and then that's when you knew it was legit. Oh, yeah, it's a lemon tree, and also it was a grapefruit tree because, um, you know, they left out a little manual. Yeah. Did you see that? Well, I'm sure you looked at it, but it was like a nice little binder yeah, yeah, about yeah. everything. Yeah. It was even like places that are close to a park across the street. Yeah, I didn't look at funny. it until like the last that. night. Yeah, I didn't see. That was my bad. I read the instructions on how to check in mm-hmm. and the Wi-Fi and, you know, where this, that, and the other was. And they did. They did this really good. They had a whole binder of instructions and how to check out and what to do when you go to check out, what time check out. I mean, everything. It was very convenient. Left a phone number just in case of emergency and you needed to call someone. Uh, you could do this here uh, they were they had their s together let's put it like that they were very well put together and I, I don't know why i stopped on like page three out of page five besides the fact that i don't read instructions very well but uh yeah i saw that on the last day as no i saw that right before we checked out because i was making sure that we had done everything that we were supposed to it was like take the the sheets off the bed but leave them on the bed in the middle or something you know and so i was making sure okay check 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 oh damn there's a restaurant. They suggested this restaurant. There's this. Oh, man. Okay. So I did miss that till the end. But, uh, man, we we just – I thought that that place was really cool. Had three different TVs in, in, in it, cable going to all of them. Normally the Airbnbs I stay at, you have to have a, either a Hulu account or something like that, a Roku account or whatever the kids have. <laughs> Basically everybody has some kind of streaming device to be able to get TV. This it was just like, nope. Cable on every TV. Uh, it was just, man, again, really, really well put together and um, really helped make our trip a lot easier. Uh, I did a lot of work at the house following the, the the day of work at the convention center. And, Damon, I really don't think that I was even disturbing to you. As I'm up here recording podcasts, and I don't think that, you know, from your distance where you were able to be in your room, it was kind of so far away that I don't think I ever really disturbed you. Didn't hear a thing. And also, I was trying to make sure when I got up to go to the gym that I wouldn't interfere with the podcast enough, uh, you know, getting my bag together. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, so I, that's why I was also trying to get up super early in the morning to make sure I wasn't disturbing you doing the podcasting. Right. Yeah, so most of the time, by the time, I, no one was up by the time I was leaving out the door. No, no. And again, I mean, we really didn't know that someone was doing any work or, you know, just because, again, we had enough distance, uh, you know, between us and, and uh, again, we had enough room to fit everybody in there, squeeze everybody in there uh, that we needed to have in. But at the same time, we're still far enough away where we weren't disturbing each other and, and you know, and messing with anyone else's sleep because I'm up late working or you're getting up early or any of that stuff. So uh, that was that was also really nice. Uh, and then just seeing everyone roll through Radio Row, right? And you saw how it was a slow ramp up. It was Monday. It was it was slow. I don't want to say it was dead because I feel like there was more foot traffic than there normally is on a Monday. And then Tuesday, okay, you're starting to see it ramp up. Wednesday, okay, you know, now it's getting a little bit busy. You're starting to hear a little bit chatter. Then Thursday and Friday, it was like boom, boom, like full throttle, just go. And and really, we saw how it was on Friday for us, man. It was like interview after interview after interview. We had done so much work before the show actually started. I didn't even realize. I was like, okay, well, I guess we got to do a show now. But uh, that, that, was, that, that was a good ramp up that week. 
Oh, yeah, especially when I ran into a Brian Curtis from The Ringer. He was doing a journal, and he was just jotting down who's a Monday guy, who's a Tuesday guy. And I just thought that was such an interesting thing where I told him, I was like, yeah, Dana White's here on a Tuesday, and I'm going to interview him. And he was like, oh, Dana White's here on a Tuesday? Because if Dana White was there on a Wednesday or Thursday, he probably wouldn't have gotten as much love as attention that he got on a Tuesday. Right. Because it's a lot more Hall of Famers, a lot more gold jackets that, that's going to be rolling through on a Thursday. And it's just you got to pick and choose when you want to roll through Radio Row if you're not the highest of the highest in football royalty. Yeah, no, I mean, and the thing about it is that was really smart on Dana uh, Dana White's part because, again, everyone knows that on Monday and Tuesday it's a little bit slower. So a lot of different radio stations or, or media outlets, I should say, because it wasn't just radio stations representing, a lot of different media outlets are going to see him and say, oh, let me get him. Let me get him because right now we're all hustling trying to get somebody with a big name. So for you guys to be able to uh, get Dana White, I thought that that was a big deal. He he, he talked to you. Uh, he talked to Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, he just he did a you know did a lot. He he was doing doing the most out there in a good way. So just. Uh, again, I think it was a very positive week. It was a fun week. I've gotten some feedback from some listeners that they really enjoyed our coverage all week long. So uh, we definitely want to shout out to Subaru Las Vegas and also Spearmint Rhino for uh, sponsoring our trip down to Arizona. And, and uh, we had a safe trip back, obviously, or we wouldn't be here right now. But, uh, man, uh, it was good to be back. I'll tell you that. Got back to the house uh, very early Saturday morning, probably. What time did we get back? Around 1 in the morning? Yep, 1 in the morning. Came back. It, it felt like it took even longer to get back. Oh, it did. The drive. I felt like it did, too. And I'm glad that Adam Hill was there with us as well. Uh, he drove about halfway. I drove halfway, and I was like, all right, dude, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. And uh, so then he took over the rest of the way. And uh, next thing I know, I look up, and we're getting off on, uh, on, on Pecos. And I'm like, okay, all right, we're back <laughs> in the building, man. We're good. We're good to go. But, yeah, got in about 1 o'clock in the morning. And I'll tell you right now, I can be 100% honest, I still don't think I'm caught up on sleep yet, like mm-hmm. 100%. I'm, I'm getting closer. Right, it felt a little bit better when I woke up this morning. I was like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better, but I still have not fully recovered from that week because it's just so much that goes into what we do each and every day. I mean, we do a three-hour show every day here, but being there, it's almost like doing, I feel like it's almost doing like three shows in, in, a, in a day just because you're up so early, you get to the convention center so early, and then you stay late. And then after that, okay, hey, go meet this person over here. Oh, let's go meet and greet with this person. Oh, let's go to this event. Let's go to, you know, uh, opening night. And so uh, it's, it's good to be busy. Let me put it like that. It's very good to be busy. And we are very busy. Went to the media party on Tuesday night, and that was so-so. It was okay. Uh, I'm excited, though. It's, it's official. Las Vegas is on the clock. Super Bowl 58. There's going to be a lot of preparation that has already gone into having the Super Bowl here and being at Allegiant Stadium next year. There's a lot more preparation that's going to go into it. So very excited. They had people walking around from the host committee uh, there in Phoenix just talking about next year, which obviously is here in Vegas, and what some of their plans are. So it is going to be full throttle. So if you ever want to go to a Super Bowl city, not even go to the game. I'm not talking about even going to the game. The game, I mean, that's, that's some next-level stuff there. you know. But if you go to the game, great. Kudos to you. But if you ever wanted to go to a host city and have fun, find a way to make it to Vegas next year. That's all you've got to do is find a way to make it to Vegas next year, and I guarantee you will have yourself one hell of a time. And I think Phoenix does a good job. My favorite host city is, is New Orleans. It just is. Uh, that was the very first one I ever went to uh, when back in the day when the, the Niners and the Ravens played, when it was the Harbaugh ball, and uh, Beyonce performed at halftime, then the lights went out and all that good stuff. That was my very first Radio Row experience. I didn't go to that game, but I was able to you know ex- enjoy that whole week and then watch the game there down on Bourbon Street. So that was my favorite one of everyone that I've been to. 
This one coming up next year, I think is going to top all that. I really do. Now, obviously, you can't say it's going to top it until it actually does it. But I guarantee you one thing, it's going to blow Phoenix out the water. And that's not me trying to be disrespectful to Phoenix, but kind of been there, done that. It's the second time I've been to, to Arizona for a radio row, and it's, it's cool, right? It's cool, but it's just it's really spread out, as you know. There's, not, you know, there's, there's, there's some things that are, are close to where you're at. And, again, if you're in walking distance, that's great, which Vegas, there's tons of, of places that are within walking distance, so that'll be a lot of fun. But for the most part, I never thought that the dinner was ever, like, fantastic. I thought Marley's was just as good as anything else that we went to, and Marley's was a lot cheaper than all the other places that we went to. We went to a couple places that people suggested to us, and were, they were just okay. <laughs> you know, it's just when I, get, when I go, we go somewhere and their name is like, what was it called, the Arrogant Butcher? Uh-huh. I, I'm assuming that that's next level, right? I mean, if you're arrogant, it's got to be next level. And it was just all right. It was just all right. So... You know. Yeah, the recommendations were lacking. And also, Adam Hill, one night, he said, I'm going to Scottsdale. And it was just, yeah, buddy, I'm not trying to ride 30 right. minutes to go yeah, Scottsdale. I wasn't doing all not going to have that problem in Vegas. No, no, not at all. I was not trying to do that either. But, yeah, when he said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Scottsdale for the night, I was like, peace. <laughs> have fun, dude. <laughs> I'm in for the night. You know, and we had plenty of people that I knew from other radio stations. Q, hey, we're going to go have some drinks over here. Come hang out with us. I was like, yeah, let me get back to you as soon as we get to the room, man. That is my that is my go to for saying I ain't going out. When I say, "Oh yeah, I'll hit you up as soon as I get back to the room," I ain't going out. <laughs> that that means I'm going to the the room. I'm gonna sit it on down. If I got work to do, I'm gonna do some work. If not, well, it's just it's lights out. It's done deal record. So I don't know how many times I told even Paul Catalina, my guy from ESPN Central Texas, was like, "Oh man, me and Mike Gill are gonna have some drinks." I was like, "Yeah, I'll hit you as soon as we get to the room." And what was the name of the place that we went to where you had to get on the middle elevator? Oh, to go downstairs. Yeah, it was like a little speakeasy. Yeah, that now that was cool. It was good. It was cool. I liked that. Amber Theo Harris. She actually suggested that when it was uh, what was it near her hotel or someone at her hotel suggested that she goes to it. So she invited us, and that was cool. Even though we couldn't find it at first, it was really weird. But it was it was it was a nice place until the end. Until the guy came and said, oh, you know that there, what was it, a two-hour time limit? Yeah, it's like a two-hour time limit. So he basically came over and said, hey, I'm going to need y'all to get up in about 30 minutes. Y'all got to go. (laughs) Yeah. It was really wild because Adam, that's right, because Adam Hill showed up a little bit late. Right? He showed up and he sat down. The guy was like, you guys do know you only have 30 more minutes and you got to go. We're like, wait, what? So, yeah, that was really random. But the food was good. The food was good. I'm trying to remember, what did I have? The bone in pork chop because you and right. Jared both got it. And I was I had a little bit of FOMO of like if they're both getting it, maybe it's going to be good. And I don't want to miss out. It was really good. It was really good. That that was good. The the salad that they had was good. Their drinks was kind of more like name value as, as far as well that sounds cool. So I'm going to go try it. But you, while well, speaking of drinks, <laughs> Demond is the king. What I learned about Demond this week, he is the king of the. How should I say this? The fruity ch- type drinks. Yes, that's probably the, that's that's the best way to say it. That's probably the best way I can say it without getting myself in trouble. I mean, every drink that Damon had, also we look up, and he's got some kind of swirly thing going on, and we're looking up. Even Amber Theo Harris was like, what the hell is that? She even dogged you out about that. They don't tell you what type of glass it's going to come out in. It was, it was a night I saw strawberry. I saw kiwi. I said, I like those things. 
What? I didn't know. <laughs> what was? Do you remember what that drink was even called? No, you know who does remember? Adam does because he he brought it up to everybody. There was one guy at the convention center who he he was just a guy working around the convention center, maybe security, and he's just like, "Oh man, this guy looks tough. I wouldn't want to try to take you on." Yeah. And then Adam pulls up the drink. He's like, "No, no, 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 no. You could take him. Look at the drinks that he has." That's and then funny. the guy immediately said, "Yeah, I think I got a better shot now." That is funny. I will say, and then we'll we'll wrap up with our trip, and and I'm sure we'll talk about the trip throughout the course of the week. Again, it was a lot of fun, and we're very appreciative for the opportunity to be able to go and provide coverage and sound and, and you know, uh, our company allow us to go and, uh, and have that responsibility. So we do appreciate that. We were leaving Arizona Friday night and I was starving, starving. I was like, I've got to get something to eat. And Adam Hill said, we've got to get out of this area. You don't want to get stuck in downtown Phoenix and then have to, you know, go eat and then try to navigate through all these fans. So I listened. I should not have listened. I listened to him and then we're driving and we're driving and we're driving, looking for something to, to eat. And I'm driving through the sticks. I'm driving through the cuts. I'm like, what in the hell? I'm getting off the highway. We're driving around. My car keeps going to chicken places for some odd reason. I don't know what it is, but the Cadillac kept driving to Popeye's. Like, if there was a Popeye's anywhere, the Cadillac was going. At one point, Adam's like, I think your car is slightly racist. <laughs> right? He's like, because somehow, no matter what you punch in, it always comes back to Popeye's. I wasn't eating Popeye's. I don't know what the name of the place is that we ended up eating at. No joke, Raider Nation. We walk in. We put down our name. The lady says it'll probably be about 10, 15 minutes. All right, no problem. That's cool. Place looks pretty decent. Looks like it's going to be some kind of pizza spot, whatever. It's nothing fancy, but just something good enough to eat, get back on the road, and head home. Lady at the bar says, well, you guys can sit at the bar. There's enough spaces. Okay, cool. So we start walking over to the bar, start moving people around, and, and people start moving over. A lady on the far end of the bar is Jared, me, Damon, and Adam Hill, left to right. This lady at the far end on the other side of Jared goes, oh, they got Kevin Hart with them. Like, out of nowhere, called Damon Kevin Hart. I was like, oh, damn, it's going to be one of these kind of nights. Mm-hmm. Damon was not happy. Like, Damon laughs at a lot of things, but when she called him Kevin Hart off the top, Damon was like, oh, this bee is lucky I'm hungry. It's, oh. Man, it's one of those. <laughs> obviously, no shout out to this pizza place. You know, it was re- it was good. You know, the food the food was, was great. The food was good. But I just want to say, why would Kevin Hart be in the middle of the middle of nowhere, Arizona? We were at Surprise, right? Arizona. And all I kept saying is, there is nothing that looks like Kevin Hart about Demond except for he's short and black. Those are the only two mm-hmm. things that are the similarities to Ke- Kevin Hart. And even the bartender, as soon as that lady said it, apparently that lady at the bar is a regular. I don't know what her name was. Say it was Julie. I was like, oh, Julie, no. You know, and I'm like, oh, she's got that tendency. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's got that tendency. So a bunch of little Kevin Hart's will probably come through here. But, yeah, she called DeMond Kevin Hart immediately, and I just knew what kind of night it was going to be then. Even the bartender was like, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, when the bartender has to say sorry for someone else, you know that there's some problem going on. So then I kept thinking about and we were in Surprise. That's where we were, Surprise, Arizona. So I was like, yep. Surprise! Mm-hmm. <laughs> surprise, surprise! There you go. On the TV, they had two old school TVs on both ends of the bar playing the movie, wait for it, you're not going to guess it, It's a Wonderful Life. A black and white movie. And it's just, hey man, this place, they were really going for it with the aesthetic 
of taking you back in time. No, they did. They did. So uh, glad to be back at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Uh, glad to you know get the season wrapped up, got the Super Bowl wrapped up, and now it's officially the offseason for every team in the NFL. And, of course, that means it's going to be a very, very busy offseason for the silver and black. We found out on Sunday before the Super Bowl that Derek Carr will not waive his tra- no-trade clause, which – Everyone knew that, you know, pretty much knew that going into it. So he did not accept the trade to the Saints. He said he would not trade, accept the trade to any other team in the league. So at some point, the Raiders will release him. So per- pretty much as far as I'm concerned, that chapter is closed. Now it's all about what do the Raiders do moving forward. And then you see the game that you saw last night. And I don't know how you got how you felt watching it, but I was watching it thinking, I already knew how good Patrick Mahomes is, but man, that, that Chiefs team, regardless, always is going to have an opportunity to win as long as he's behind center. I mean, he was just... That good, even when you know he's hobbled, when you know he's not feeling 100%, he's still out there giving it his all. And I thought that that, what, 24-yard run in the second half that got him down to, you know, inside the red zone was really almost the play of the game outside of the Bradbury holding call. But, I mean, that is what it is. But, man, Patrick Mahomes really put it on the line last night. Oh, yeah, he did. It's one of those where I heard people saying when, when teams have that, nobody believed in us or people need to give us our respect. For Patrick Mahomes, the conversation, if it's he's one of the top three quarterbacks in the league or he's top two, there is no, 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 no. He's top one, and he proved that again last night. No, he really did. So there you go. I mean, Super Bowl 57 is in the books. The Chiefs come out, the victors 38-35, and now Las Vegas, you're officially on the clock. Coming up on today's show at 2.30, in a matter of minutes, as a matter of fact, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, he'll talk to us about what he saw from Super Bowl 57 and what the Raiders have to do to be able to compete. They got a busy offseason. Can they turn things around this offseason and put them in a more competitive state in the AFC West and the AFC in general? Then at 3.30, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports, he was at Super Bowl 57. He'll chime in to talk about the game on both sides from Philadelphia's side of things and Kansas City. He covers the Eagles like a glove, so we'll talk to him about everything the Eagles did and what they didn't do on Sunday, which was sack Patrick Mahomes, something that they had done better than any other team in the league all year long. Made me believe that, hey, man, you had to get that defense, that badass defense. We talked about that, right? Go get that badass defense. You need those guys. They were ineffective against Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. So Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports will join us at 3.30. Vinny Bossignor uh, from the RJ and, of course, Radio Nation Radio 920. The Morning Tailgate will join us at 4 o'clock. We got Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day coming up at 4.30. And then at 3 o'clock, you hear a quick two-minute conversation that I had with Kay Adams from the Up and Adams show on Friday on Radio Row. We were supposed to play that at the end of the show on Friday, but we didn't have an opportunity to. We had a live cut in with uh, Sheena Quick, who just happened to be there. So we started talking to her, and we didn't have enough time to get to that conversation. So you'll hear that little quick two-minute conversation coming up at around 3 o'clock. Plus, of course, we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200, and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So we already know that the quarterback position is is number one. That's a, that's a object number one that the Raiders have to find a way to uh, fill that void and overcome it. You know, like, okay, how are they going to fill that void? That's on them. Maybe they go rookie. Maybe they go veteran. Maybe they do a combination of the both. I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, we've talked about the quarterback in a, in a, in a lot, in a lengthy discussion over the, over the past, of the few, past few weeks here on Rare Nation Radio 920. So my question to you is, can the Raiders do enough this offseason to build a team that can compete with the Chiefs 
and the rest of the really good teams in the AFC. And I'm talking about, obviously, the Buffalo Bills. Whatever happens with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, I think he'll be their quarterback. I think that they'll be really good. Miami, they've got a decision to make on their quarterback, but they have the makings of a really good team. There's some really good teams. Cincinnati, they're always going to be a really good team as long as they got Joe Burrow. Can the Raiders do enough this offseason to make that team that they have, and you know the bare bones of it right now, you know the talent that they have, to make them competitive to hang with the rest of the teams that I just mentioned in the AFC. What are your thoughts? Well, I do. I it's a tough <laughs> question. It's a right. Tough. It says it, it feels like it's an easy question. Yeah. But then it's like, well, because <laughs> there's a lot of work to do. It's mm-hmm. a busy, busy offseason. The quarterback is the first hole that they have to fill. We know that they have to improve their defense. How much do they have to improve their defense? Like, how much are, do you, you need them to improve their defense based off what you even saw last night? Yeah, it's the biggest yeah but question because you could say yeah, but there's just not there's not enough hours in the day to get things done, and there's not enough salary cap room to improve every position on this team. And I know people like to say, well, that's why you got to hit on your picks in the draft. Right. Yes, that is true, but when it comes to being ready right now, do you trust this team to be a playoff team with hey a bunch of rookies starting at positions that are unproven? That of course they would have to prove themselves, but going into a season, no one's thinking like, "Hey, we've got six rookies starting on our defense. Right. The defense is going to be great this year." So it's just it's a lot of buts. But I think my answer's got to be no right now. You don't think so? And see, that's the thing. I think it all starts off with whatever they do with the quarterback position. Just say they go out and get Aaron Rodgers. I'm just throwing that out there. You'd have to trade for him. That's giving up draft capital, and you, that's a lot of salary cap space. So that's really taking off two. Two things right there, you know, eliminating two different things that you have. You have draft capital that you could approve the team, and you have salary cap space that you could approve the team, all going to one guy. If you go with a rookie quarterback, yeah, you have a rookie. He's young. You don't really think that he's going to go in and, and compete and take you to the playoffs immediately, but at least you have that lower salary. But if you're trading up to go get a quarterback, you still have to give up something. You know what I mean? So it's like, what do you do? And then, oh, by the way, once you fill that void, you got the rest of the team you still got to work on. I know the offensive line put out the, the number one rusher in the league in Josh Jacobs. One, you got to bring him back, in my opinion. That's a must. I know some people will disagree with that, but I think that's a must. You bring him back. I still think that there has to be at least a right tackle added to this team. At least. I believe Thayer Mufford's going to be better, but I think a, a, a right tackle, a guy that you believe in could be that dude for years to come. You know, like Colton Miller is on the left side. You've got to have another solid dude on the right side. They've had a rotation at that right side way too long. And then you got to address the defense. You might not be able to, you're not going to be able to fix everything, right? But is it enough to make the team super competitive that can compete with a team like the Chiefs? You got to beat the Chiefs. John Gruden was doing it right. I'm not saying he picked the right pieces, but he was doing it trying to, trying to beat the Chiefs. Like, that was the model. Okay, I'm going to build a team that can beat them. Well, since they've won two Super Bowls in the last four years, obviously that's them. Them is that team that is basically setting the standard in the AFC. You've got to find a way to beat them. And oh, by the way, you got to play them twice a year. Yeah, especially when you say that beating them and getting those pieces on defense, the biggest thing that the Raiders need is someone that can stop Travis Kelsey. I know it's easier said than done because no Apparently one's Apparently nobody able, can. Yeah, no one's done it yet. <laughs> Philly's when, like, I can't stop him either. <laughs> but when you're playing them two times a year, you need someone. Right. I don't know if it's going to be a linebacker that can cover, a safety that can cover, but the Raiders have shown in the past couple of seasons that they have no answers for the Chiefs' biggest weapon. Right, exactly. So we asked you the question, do you have the answer? 702-365-9200, also the don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R, thanks to the DLC. We definitely appreciate that. Let's go out to Henderson, Raider Mark and Henderson. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Mm. Just kidding. Raider Mark hung up on me. 
<laughs> Took too long to get to you. That's all right. You can hit us back at some point, Raider Mark. We do appreciate you. Again, 702-365-9200. Who's up next? That's all we had so far with okay, Raider Mark. Okay, cool. That's what, that'll, that'll work. Uh, we did get a text here. Let me go ahead and go over this text real quick, and then we'll take a quick break. Sir Whiskey Ray said, uh, Q&D, happy post-Super Bowl. First off, gentlemen, I want to thank both of you guys for holding it down all last week during Super Bowl. You guys uh, provided great interviews and insight for so many different guests here on the radio airways. We as listeners appreciate all the hard work. I'm headed to my doctor's appointment, and it's not for the Kansas City Chiefs winning another Super Bowl. However, I feel it's important to give you guys major props for holding it down for all of us Rare Nation fans. That's Whiskey on House. He said Whiskey on the House for you gentlemen, Sir Whiskey Ray. So just a little props on, uh, on the efforts that were put in. And look, we were in Arizona. We provided it, but... Like, Clay Baker had to jump through a few hoops as we <laughs> hustled some guests onto the morning tailgate. So I, I, I want to give them a lot of props. And all the guys here in the studio, like Bobby and Chris Chapman and Lindsey, they all did a hell of a job. Doug is behind the scenes, all did a hell of a job. Ari behind the scenes, all did a hell of a job making sure that we are right here, right? We were, we were doing everything we could do to be right there, but they were on point here. So we definitely appreciate that. As well. 227 is the time when we come back. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and the RJ will join us. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You'll see James Bradbury. They're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. I'm not, I think you let him play. Obviously, Mahomes thought he saw it. I think, I don't know. I think you let him play, finish this thing out. I don't love that call, Mike. I mean, I think you got to see the whole thing. It seemed to be at the initial break, he grabbed the back of the jersey and pulled it. If we see that, I think that is all. I mean, I pulled the jersey, you know. They called holding. I was hoping they would let it rock, you know, but... Was hoping, I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. This is a big game, um, and it was it was a hold, so they called it. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. I didn't like it either. <laughs> I just didn't. <clears throat> James Bradbury gets called for the holding penalty. I thought it was a terrible way to end the Super Bowl, but it, as you heard James Bradbury say, it was a hold. He, uh, he did. He was just hoping they were going to let it ride. I loved how Greg Olson was very, I don't love this call. And when Mike Pereira says, well, you know, it's a hold, I still love the fact that Greg Olson doubled down. I was like, yeah, I don't love that call. I loved it. thought that that was uh, fantastic stuff. With a game that was as good as that one was, that's not the way that you wanted to see it get wrapped up. But it is what it is. Join us now on the phone lines from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, and the RJ is our good friend, Ed Graney. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time. What would hey, uh, what do you think about that holding penalty at the end on James um, Bradbury? I'm kind of on your side. I, I wanted to see Jalen Hurts with 149 left to go tie it or to try to take the win because I think that's how a game like that should have ended, to see you know maybe him drive the field and see what he could do. Hadn't been in that spot a lot this year. Um, so didn't like how it ended. I just didn't want it to end with Pat Mahomes taking knees and setting up a field goal as the time ran out because it was such an incredible game, I thought. Um, you know, but Bradbury, I mean, all, all props to him for saying that. I don't know how many people would go up and say that after a game like that right. and, and, and admit, too, that it was a hold, and he's the one who did it. So I'm sure it was a hold. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'd say, you know, I don't like it in that spot. I just wanted to see – we talked about this in the morning show today. You just wanted to see it play out. You know, right. you wanted to see one last drive, and whether he could do it or not, 
I had no dog in the hunt. I mean, I didn't, it didn't matter to me either way. I just wanted to see it. You just want to see something like that. You want to see a great, you know, a great game end in, in, you know, in a different way. Yeah, that was the thing. It was a great game, you know, back and forth, so exciting. And then just for it to end like that, I kind of felt like it took a lot of the air out of the sails, you know, just like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, womp womp. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's like having a bad yeah. ending of a movie. All of a sudden you're like, that's how it ended? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It leaves you hanging and you're like, wait a minute, what happened? We need to know the end of this. Right. Um, so... You know, like I, I said, I, I just um, the way the way that thing played out and how great it was, and they get the two point conversion, and then um, he takes him down and has the run, and all these things, all these great things are happening. Um, to have it, the flag there, just kind of it left you wanting more, I guess. Yeah, it did for sure. Again, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty unnecessary roughness. So, with what you saw from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and now winners of two Super Bowls in the last four years, and Patrick Mahomes, as long as he's on the field, obviously the Chiefs have a chance to win it all, as they did on Sunday. Do you, does that make you change your thoughts, or, or or maybe you thought this way to begin with that you've got to have a great quarterback to be able to compete in the AFC, especially in the AFC West. You have to. Um, I, I mean, and, and we're not, you know, Patrick Mahomes is one thing, and then, you know, not as good, but just, as you know, a great quarterback in Herbert. And you've got these two guys now at the top of that division for, what, the next 10, 12 years, <laughs> right. if, they stay, if they stay healthy. How much can Pat Mahomes do in 10 to 12 years? So, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to have something, someone at that position who can make a difference. Now, the other thing is, and we've seen this before, you might not have to have – you're not going to get a Pat Mahomes, but if you have a competent guy there and then have everything else around him, we've seen how that can work all – how that can, you know, how that can uh, you know, win games. And Heck, the Rams did it last year and won a Super Bowl with a good quarterback, uh, but they put so much around him. Uh, and, but that's hard to do. Um, you know, Tyler was talking about that on the show this morning. That, that's really hard to do. It doesn't happen a lot. Um, so if you don't have a great quarterback, you better have a lot of good people around that guy to compete with Patrick Mahomes over the next several years in that division. So let me ask you this. With the guys that are at the top of the draft this year, and we're talking about the Bryce Youngs, the C.J. Strouds, the Will Levitts, uh, you can even throw Anthony Richardson in there. Are any of those guys good enough, in your opinion, to be able to compete with the likes of Patrick Mahomes? Well, not right away, um, but I think if you fall in love with one of them and you know you think he is that guy that you can get on a rookie contract and he can grow with him, and he can become great, then I'm all for going to get a guy like that. But you better not – you and I have talked about this, Q. Um, you better not miss because to move up and to try to grab one of those guys, yeah, are large, and you just – you can't afford to miss on a guy like that. So if you evaluate correctly and you really fall in love with one of those guys and he's your guy and you want to get him on a – you know, like I said, a rookie contract, which is always good, uh, especially if he's playing, um, then go get him. But just don't miss. Because uh, right. if you miss, you set yourself back. You know, years and years. You could set yourself back years. So um, it'll be interesting to see what a team like the Raiders does. Um, it's uh, we know what happened with Derek over the last few days. Um, you know, there's big names out there that people keep talking about and linking to this team. I think one guy's in a dark house right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he's come out yet. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you really really are sure in your gut that one of those two guys. You know, maybe not the next Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, a Herbert or someone really, really good, then you know what? Go make the deal and get him because there's no more critical a position than that. Right. It's, it's, it's the most important position on the field. you got to have yourself yep. a quarterback, especially in the AFC and the AFC West as well. Oh, yeah. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. 
after last night, watching the Eagles' defense had the most sacks in NFL history for a team to make the Super Bowl and not able to bring Patrick Mahomes down once. Dude, I'm not saying that defense is overrated, but do you think that for the Raiders' standpoint, it should be more of an arms race this offseason to build up that offense and maybe just get a defense that can just be stable? Well, stable would be better than what they've had. True. Um, there's no question about that. So, yeah, I mean uh... – that's an interesting question, Mon, because they're going to have money, and I do think they're going to put a lot, pour a lot of it towards the defense. Um, you know, I think a lot of last night was, you know, good for the offensive line of the of the uh, of the uh, Chiefs, but good that Pat Mahomes is one of, you know, he, he's he's one of a few and maybe you know the history of the game who can evade like he does. Um, he's just so special in the way he can get out of trouble and out of the way things um, that other people, ninety nine percent of the other people, can't do. So while I gave the Chiefs, you know, offensive line a lot of credit because that was a defense coming in with the most sacks in the league, um, I thought Pat Mahomes did as much as anybody to uh, avoid sacks. Um, to your question on the Raiders, you know, stable would be a good first step um, after what you know we've seen in recent years. And then you know if you you know if you add more pieces to the offense and you get an offense and kind of compete and score a lot of points, I don't know if stable's enough, but I do think it's the next best thing or the next you know plausible step as they try to spend some of this money defensively. Ed, let me ask you the question that I threw out there to uh, the listeners. Can the Raiders do enough this offseason to build a team that can compete with the Chiefs and the rest of the good teams in the AFC? I don't think they can next year. I don't, I don't I'm, 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 I just don't know if, and that's nothing against, you know, fully against the Raiders. I just think the Chiefs are, until I see that guy, you know, um, slip up or, or mm-hmm. not be him or, or, you know, I mean, no one wants him to get hurt, but that's really the long-term thing on him. What what would ever slow him down? Um, I think the Chiefs are the team. Uh, if five stories, if five, he's been in the AFC Championship five years. Right, yeah. Um, won two Super Bowls, been to four. Um, you know, I just and, – and I'm not saying that just to the Raiders. I'm saying that's a lot of teams. In the right, AFC. exactly. Um, you know, that's not just, not just them. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, with the Bills and, 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 and Josh Allen and, and Burrow and, and Cincinnati and the Chiefs, there's teams at the top there, I think, you know, for you know, the foreseeable future, at least next season, are going to be hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I'm, I'm more fascinated than ever, though, to do to to, to find out what they're going to do at quarterback, as I think we all are. Yeah, that's the first domino that's got to drop, right? Yeah. What, are, what are they going to do at the quarterback position? But I was saying at the beginning of the show, John Gruden knew what he was doing. I'm not saying he was doing it right, but he knew what he was doing. You've got to be to uh, build a team that can compete with the Chiefs, right? I mean, they're oh, absolutely, you know. So he was going about it. You know, in his mind, the yeah. right way, but at least, I mean, the blueprint was right as far as this is what has to happen, especially since you play them twice a year. You've got to find a way to consistently beat them. Yeah, I remember talking in, in Miami at the Super Bowl to Mark Davis. Um, I did a, a column on Pat Mahomes, and even back then, um, his quote was to like, you know, he's the monster now. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's the guy who everyone has to go chase. And, you know, I think Coach Gruden had that mindset that, you know, if you're going to be, if you're going to win that division, if you're going to, you know, um, uh, compete with them, you have to find a team that can, that can do that. And, you know, I think, um, Mark was saying back then, you know, it was tough to cover Kelsey. It was tough to cover this guy, but it was always came back to Mahomes and it still comes back to Mahomes. And I think it's going to come back to Mahomes for the foreseeable future. So I agree with you that Gruden knew what had to be done. Um, they weren't able to get it done, but I think he had, like you said, the right mindset of what has to be done to try to compete with these guys in this division. And obviously, much easier said than done. <laughs> right, exactly. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Demond. 
Scott Turner is now the passing game coordinator for the Raiders. Shane Steichen is probably going to be the next head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Are UNLV quarterbacks having a moment? <laughs> they are. Here you go. What a great question. Yes, yes. I wrote a story uh, the other day talking to uh, Mike Sanford and uh, uh, Casey Flair and a bunch of former UNLV players and coaches, uh, Chris Sinkovich, um, and about Shane Steichen. And obviously they all had great things to say about him. And, uh, you know, Mike Sanford, who was his coach, and brought him along as a GA and then to Louisville's GA. Um, and Chris Sinkovich, who was the wide receivers coach, both thought he had it in him to be a head coach. And now it looks like he's going to be. And, you know, Scott Turner um, was a coordinator at the same time that um, Steichen was for the Chargers. Uh, Scott was with Washington at the time. But now he comes here as a passing game coordinator. So good for, you, good for your school, good for your team. That's a that's a those are feathers in the cap for the football team. <laughs> now talk about the basketball. Team. Exactly. <laughs> well, now let's move it over to the basketball side of things. The team was riding high, had a nice winning. What was it? A four game winning streak going before they met San Diego State. Do you think that the tournament is in play for the Rebels, or do they have to win the Mountain West tournament? Do you think they could get in that large bid if they win out the rest of the Mountain West? Well, first of all, I don't know why you and I didn't have a bet over the weekend for the alma maters. So, you know, and that, that would have been over at halftime. I would have been collecting at halftime on that one. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, they have to win the tournament. They're not going to get in that large. Uh, they're 5-8 and eight in conference. Um, they It's going to be tough to climb much more. Uh, so they're not going to get in that large. The tough thing for them, DeMond, as you know, is if you're not top six, you have to win four in four days. Uh, that's really hard. That's That's hard to do. To put that much effort and and and, and uh, you know you're, you're it's, you get tired and you know that that's a lot to ask a team, but it'll be there for them. Um, it has not worked out on their home court in a long, long time for them, uh, but they get it on their home court. Um, it's a different atmosphere. The setup's different. The Mountain West does, I think, does come in a good job and try to make it as neutral as possible with the way it looks and sight lines and all that and where the media sits and everything. So they try to make it like not a Thomas Mack game, but you're still in the Thomas Mack. You're still comfortable being in your own town. So uh, they have an opportunity to get four in four days, or if they somehow go on a long winning streak here, three in three days, uh, which is difficult. But um, like everyone else, they're going to take their shot. Ed, we'll wrap up with this. Uh, Derek Carr, to no surprise, said uh, no, no trade to the Saints. He's not going to accept the trade to any other team, so he will be officially released by sometime tomorrow or else that $40 million will go into guarantees. Obviously, the Raiders aren't going to do that. He'll have a month uh, of a head start as far as a free agent goes. How quickly do you think he'll sign with the team, and where do you think he ends up? I don't know if it's quick because I think I think Rodgers has to play out for people. Okay. Um, I, I, think, I think he has to play out first, and then once he plays out, I think Derek would be at the top of a lot of teams' lists. It's, you know, uh, they wanted him to restructure, to go to a lower number. He, we all know about New Orleans and their cap issues. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the same with other teams once he hits the market. I'm fascinated to know what he, he, he earns in the market. Um, there will be teams who want him for sure, um, and I think there will be teams who pay him a lot for sure. So I guess I'm not surprised. Look, this was his right. It was in the contract. It yep. was his right to have a no trade. So if you write it up that way, he has every right to say no. You're not. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere. We're going to go to free agency, and uh, I think people, you know, who watched him as a nine-year starter for that team and give it everything he had and love that team as he did, uh, wish him the best, and you know, um, have him go somewhere where he can get, uh, you know, paid and, and 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 try to win games. So I guess I'm not surprised um, to you that he did this this way, um, but I do think that. The Rodgers card is going to have to fall for some of the teams that almost that also might be interested in Derek before Derek would, 
you know, be at the top of their list. It's going to be interesting. It really will. I mean, at the very end of the day, we'll all get kind of underway at least tomorrow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> By the time we're on the air tomorrow, yeah. it'll be it'll you'll already be a free agent, and uh, we'll see. Yep. Exactly how how uh, how many teams start to pursue one Derek Carr. Yeah. What do you got coming out on the RJ that we should be on the lookout for, Ed? Uh, I wrote about Carr today. Going to write about the Demond's Unity basketball team this week and uh, follow the Raiders closely. And uh, we'll keep up to date on all that on the press box as well. There it is. Well, Ed, thanks so much for your time as always, my man. Appreciate thanks, you. Buddy. See yes. you guys. All right, see, see you. Guys. There he goes, Ed Graney. From ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, of course, the Review Journal as well, does fantastic work with both. You can find him on Twitter, at Ed Graney, and with us here on Mondays at 2.30. 2.47 is the time. Raider Nation, want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r Can the Raiders do enough this offseason to build a team that can compete with the Chiefs and the rest of the really good teams in the AFC, especially after what you saw Sunday at Super Bowl 57? Let us know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just talking to Sylvia in the hallway. We were talking about Rihanna and her performance at halftime. So bookmark that. Bookmark that. We'll definitely have that conversation at some point in the show. And you know, Damon, the way we came up on this and started talking about it, I was walking down the hallway and I said, work, 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 work. And Sylvia said, how the hell did you know I was singing that? And I was like, oh, damn, that's not good. <laughs> that's Is not Sylvia okay. going to come in and join us on this conversation about we the might, halftime we, show? You know, she leaves early all the time, you know. <laughs> she always is leaving. She's always getting out of here early. So I don't know. You know, she might. I might look up and be like, Sylvia, and she's gone on the first thing smoking. She'll be like us on, on Friday when we were getting out of Arizona, man, just boom, gone. And it's getting the surprise. And, hey, that's Kevin Hart. Who, yeah. who, who would she have been? If you were Kevin Hart, I'm trying to think who she would have been. Um, Rosie Perez? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, yes. just any Latina superstar. Right, right. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's funny. <laughs> Good time. I'll never forget that. I promise you. We were not in that place but two seconds, and all of a sudden, oh, they got Kevin Hart with them. I couldn't believe it. And what made it worse is that you were cracking up. Oh, I was laughing. And I felt like Eddie Murphy where people like the Stevie Wonder joke. Yeah. Hey, that ain't funny, man. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, very funny. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Question I threw out there. Can the Raiders do enough this offseason to build a team that can compete with the Chiefs and the rest of the really good teams of the AFC? And the crazy thing about this question that I ask is I could I swore to you last year or last offseason around this time that they were going to be a 10-win team, right? A 10-11-win team. That there was no doubt they can compete. There might be an opportunity for them to go win the division. And then you just see what the team was this past year, and then you see the Chiefs go out and win the Super Bowl last night and how they did it. And the fact that they're able to put up 38 points on a team that had 70 sacks in the regular season, 70, and they didn't sniff Patrick Mahomes. Like, they, 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 you know, pressured him a little bit, but there was no dominant plays defensively like I thought there would be for Philadelphia. So it's crazy that I even asked this question because if you had asked me before the season started, I would have been like, there's no doubt they're going to compete. This is a 10 or 11 win team just with what they have. Well, now they don't have a quarterback. Now they got some things to figure out. Jason and Marilyn hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Short answer, Q, no. I have no faith in this front office until they actually hit on something. None of the moves they did going into the season actually worked. Draft was just okay. The defensive lineman never played, only Parham. Free agency was a bit of a bust in my opinion. I think things will be worse than this past season. So Jason is not a firm believer that they could do what they need to do this offseason to be a competitive team. That's on Dave Ziegler and company. Depending on what they do at the quarterback position, depending on what kind of draft capital they give up, if they give up for a a quarterback, they've got to hit the draft. They've really got to hit the draft, hit a home run. 
The the Eagles, to their credit, eleven of their starters out of out of eleven of their starters, ten of them were were drafted. So you can get it done through the draft. You can also get it done through free agency. And oh, by the way, you can make a trade or two and get it done as well, like they did with AJ Brown. So there's that. But we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Lester in the Bay, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Yo, guys, great uh, Super Bowl coverage over the week, man. I was appreciate you, man. So good job, guys. Yeah, real quick on the Super Bowl, man. That, that's the type of ending, man. Good game, but that's the thing that happens when refs do that at the end. It leaves mm-hmm. a bad taste in your mouth. I mean, that's just like imagine in an NBA game in a championship. And some, they call a cheap foul on somebody, and you put the guy at the line with two seconds left to try and win the game. I mean, <laughs> right. You don't do that. You just right. don't do that. It wasn't, it wasn't an egregious foul, and they weren't calling stuff all game long. So, I mean, and of course, they didn't call holding on the Chiefs' offensive line, which they get away with all the time. So, you know, that's too bad. It was a good game, but uh, the ending like that was just leave a bad taste in your mouth. But, right. yeah, the Raiders are going to have to do a lot, guys, to, get, to try and compete with the Chiefs and the Chargers and an upcoming Denver team as well. But you know, when I look at the draft, I mean – I just do not want to see at seven. I do not want to see them go for an offensive lineman. Uh, they got to get defensive line or a cornerback because, or a, or a quarterback, unless they get Stroud or Will Levis. But mm-hmm. uh, if they go for an offensive lineman at seven, it's going to be a mistake. And it's going to be the same mistake that the previous regimes have made when it comes to drafting. You do a bad job. If, you're, if they're stuck on trying to get an O lineman, they better trade down because there's a lot of defensive studs. I mean, you got, I mean, Car- Carter's probably going to be gone, but I like Nick Van Ness. The guy out of Iowa, mm-hmm. he's, he's watch watch him after the combine, guys. And then you got Devin Witherspoon, a cornerback, Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. So they have to go defense, defensive line or corner or trade down from that spot at seven. But if they go offensive lineman, it's going to be an utter mistake at seven. I mean, Skaronski has short arms; he's a guard. And then uh, the kid out of Ohio State, Paris Johnson, he's raw. So yeah. uh, it, it'll be a big mistake. That's all I know right now. If they go offensive line at seven, guys, good luck. Hey, great call, Lester. Great call. That's our draft guru right there, man. We're going to have a draft segment. I'll be like, Lester, get on the horn, baby. Let's go. All right. Hey, that was great stuff. Great breakdown. And I agree. And the other thing about it is with the offensive lineman in this draft, it's deep. It's a deep offensive line draft. So I don't know if it's interior or, or, or tackles, but if you need to improve the offensive line, you don't, like Lester said, you don't have to do it immediately at number seven. Uh, you know me. I'm, I'm all in on Jerry Porter, uh, or Jerry, Joey Porter, excuse me. Jerry Porter was a former Raider wide receiver. Joey Porter Jr., uh, I'm, I'm sold on him. You know, DBs win games in my opinion, so I'm, I'm sold on him. I think that that'd be a hell of a pickup. Uh, so one more text before we take a break. Mailman Raider said, Q, can they? Yes. Will they? I don't think so. If Mick Ziegler can hit on every single free agent, every single draft pick, finding multiple starters, then yes, absolutely. But that's very hard to do. With a 2014-type draft and a Dream Team Eagles-type free agency where it works out, do the trick, I think so. But that's a lot uh, to ask. And that's from Mailman Raider on our don'tbebroke.com text line. And, yeah, I remember that uh, 2014 draft. Obviously, that's the one that got Derek Carr. It got Khalil Mack. got Gabe Jackson. I think Latavius Murray came later in the draft. I mean, that was a heck of a draft for Reggie McKenzie. And then that dream team that the Eagles put together with Vince Young and Namdi and uh, everyone else that they had, they had brought in a lot of good players on that team, and that didn't work out either. But uh, that's the thing about it. Dave Ziegler's job, his number one job is to hit in free agency, hit in the draft, and if you have to make a trade or two, do that as well. If you look at what Howie Roseman did with the Eagles, they were able to get it done. Howie Roseman's been doing it for a very long time in Philadelphia, and he was able to hit on all three phases. That's what it's going to take, all three phases, to turn this thing around quick, fast, and in a hurry. And I think that this past year and then the Super Bowl that we saw last night really kind of opened up the eyes to what it's going to take 
to be able to compete with a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, who now they're in a position where even when they lose talent, they have plenty of talent coming back. I mean, look, they weren't even a running team. And what did they do a lot of uh, on Sunday? Run the rock, right? They're a very heavy run game, and they normally aren't that, that way. But they knew that they had to use that element to, be to, their, to their advantage, and they did. They have weapons all over the field, offensively and defensively, and they were able to make a bunch of plays. I know we got some folks holding on. We will get to you on the other side, 702-365-9200, and our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r This is Radio 920.